0: Welcome to a special edition of the Darden admissions podcast. I'm your host Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. So this episode is all about the MS in Business Analytics program here at the University of Virginia. This program, a 12 month specialized masters, is a partner program between the McIntyre School of Commerce and the Darden School of Business. And in exciting news, there is a new co-academic director from the Darden faculty for the MSBA program, Raj Vinkitesen. Raj is a member of the marketing faculty here at the Darden School, and he and I recently connected via Zoom to talk more about his background, his research interests, what he's working on currently, and why he's excited to serve as co-academic director for the MSBA program. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Raj Venkatesan. Raj, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me, Brad. It's my pleasure. Well, it's great to have you here. It's been a little while since uh, our paths have crossed. I'm thinking back a few, uh, maybe a couple months, a few weekends ago in in Roslyn, we were both walking to a philanthropy fundraising event for the Executive MBA Class of 2022. I think that's the last time I saw you. So how have you been? How are you doing?
1: Well, it's, uh, I've been good. Um, It was spring break, so got some time to spend with the family out uh, west, but, Before that, I spent a week in San Francisco with our executive MBA students for a course uh, we have there called Marketing Tech Products, where we meet uh, executives in the West Coast in tech uh, firms like Airbnb, Google, and Lyft. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, One of my favorite times of the year to go visit the West Coast and also learn with the students. So that was a lot of fun.
0: That course was virtual for the past couple of years. And there's a great story on the Darden Report, uh, the big pivot that you did uh, with that course. (laughs) Um, But it must be nice to be back in person. It was great
1: to be back. It was great. I think, uh, yeah, the last two years, that was a big challenge. It was the first course that we shifted virtual. uh, And... But, uh, you know, the speakers were also glad to be in person, and uh, it was a great experience. Um, and now we have all our classes uh, face-to-face, live, and uh, so it's, it's wonderful.
0: I think of that as an elective that has been really popular with executive MBA students. It, Raj, you can correct me on this, but the way that I remember that course is, when it was maybe originally announced, there was perhaps dual enrollment, both full-time and exec students, and there was so much exec demand that I yeah. think it actually became an executive MBA elective.
1: You are correct. Yes, it was uh, dual. Uh, so this goes to how things are a bit fluid for us with all these different programs, right? That uh, innovation happens in one place and finds a house uh, somewhere else, and um so that's, that's that's great to have all these different formats that uh, we can try out uh, new ways of uh, engaging with students and um, uh, they take a life of their own. And yeah, so this was um, started at the residentials and uh, we then made it for both. And then it became primarily with the exec MBA also because there's a little bit more flexibility in the exec MBA calendar to have these one week courses.
0: That's a great point on the one week electives. That's been an increasingly popular elective option with executive MBA students, perhaps looking to get ahead on their credits. And to your earlier point about having these formats and potential for enrollment, in a, in a course by students from multiple formats, that's something that's absolutely part of our planning for the part-time MBA program, thinking about part-time MBA students when they complete the core and get to that elective period. Perhaps they would be interested in taking electives with the executive MBA students. Perhaps their schedules could even permit them to take a, a full-time MBA elective. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. The more we can do this, and uh, the better uh, it is for us and the students. And if you think about it, this also expands the network of the students. Now they get to see more students within the Darden family and uh, expand their uh, network. And especially with the professional degree programs, as a lot of the students are within the DC, DC metro area, uh, it's great to be able to have a wider network for all the benefits and value that it provides.
0: That's a great point, particularly if you think about the inaugural cohort of the part-time program. There'd be about 65 students, uh, but those 65 students could tap into the classes in the executive MBA program, which is about 260, 270 yeah. Students, so it's two classes combined. So yeah, two your point absolutely. About yeah. expanding, expanding the network. Well, Raj, let's talk a little bit more about, about you. Um, tell us more about who you are and your background.
1: So uh, I teach marketing in the Darden Business School. I am the area head for marketing and uh, my specialty is in technology and marketing and uh, AI and marketing. And how I came to this, my undergrad degree actually is in uh, computer engineering uh, and completed it in 97 in India. I say that mainly because around my final year in my engineering, I took classes in this new thing called neural networks. And I did my final project on genetic algorithms, and both of which are now the mainstay of AI toolkit that we talk about, right? And neural networks have evolved into deep learning networks. And uh, so that was my first introduction to AI and analytics and data science. And I came to the United States to do my PhD in marketing. My PhD advisor told me that technology and computers and he was prescient about that are going to play a big role in marketing and trust me before this marketing was all the magic and the madman era you know there's a lot of creativity inspiration strikes you one day and you create this mega campaign but it was shifting even in the mid uh, late 90s and uh, so i wanted to be part of that and part of the shift And so I took classes in econ, marketing, consumer behavior and found it really fascinating because I was an engineering student before that. And this is the first time I'm hearing about supply and demand. And uh, I might be weird that way, but my world made sense after I saw the supply and demand curves. So I stuck around and finished my PhD, taught marketing research at UConn and then marketing analytics uh, here at UVA from 2006. And I've been teaching digital marketing since 2015. Uh, So, yeah, so that's my path to here. And I live in Charlottesville, Virginia. That is our home now. And my my two sons were born here in Charlottesville.
0: Well, it feels like the Internet uh, had a big role to play in changing marketing. But, of course, like smartphones and how we engage with all this kind of stuff, that there's a huge technology component. To this. So if you've been looking at this since the 90s, I mean, what a, what a span of time. Uh, you, I mean, the past two two decades in, in marketing yes. practices.
1: Yeah, amazing. absolutely. Yeah. So marketing always has been influenced by technology. And techno, like I always say this quote in my class that there is um, this quote from uh, John Lasseter in Pixar about art. And he talks about how art inspires technology and technology inspires art. And I think that applies for marketing as well. Even from the old mass marketing, you know, the technology of that time was television. And marketing was the first one to say, hey, this is a nice medium. We should be uh, doing something here. And over the years, it has evolved into now, you know, metaverse. Marketing will be there in the metaverse.
0: I feel like for a long time, marketing also, how do you learn about your customers? How do you gain insights about who they are and what they're interested in and how they engage with your product? There's a lot more data available to companies these days.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, rightly said, Brett, it is this uh, urge and this motivation to learn about customers and engage with them where they are that has led marketing through this exciting journey from television to metaverse.
0: Well, I'm thinking about the courses that you teach and some of the courses, I mean, we started off by talking about the elective, you go to San Francisco, you're hearing from folks at Airbnb, Google, these kind of cutting edge companies working in this digital marketing space. And how do you keep your courses current and up to speed with something that's changing as rapidly? as digital marketing or just marketing generally?
1: Oh, that's a great question. And it is one of the biggest challenges we face. Also, the most rewarding thing for us is, first, it keeps us young, it keeps us current. You know, we have to do it. In fact, our case studies, if they become more than 10 years old, students complain, uh, I mean, marketing especially. And that's a good thing for us because they keep us on our uh, toes and keep us current. How do we do that? It's, it's, it's tough. You know, you like courses like the San Francisco uh, elective where we go to the Bay Areas, West Coast, learn from companies. Uh, the case studies that we write, the projects that we engage with students, the independent studies, our research, our engagement with the exec ed, our uh, engagement with in consulting with other companies. I think it's a combination of all of these that really helps us be current and hopefully also be part of the change that uh, is happening in the business world.
0: One of the things that I've talked with Yael a lot, uh, the senior der, senior dean for the professional degree programs here at the Darden School of Business... Um, She talks a lot about how Darden faculty, their research is a little bit different um, than at other business schools, that this connection to actual practitioners and and people who are doing this work out in the the business world, um, that must be particularly fascinating for someone who's interested in in marketing.
1: Absolutely. So that's one of the reasons that attracted me to Darden as well. The mission of the school, I'm paraphrasing here is to develop responsible readers through thought leadership and education. And that's the balance between teaching and research and this emphasis with practice through all the activities that we do, which is unique among business schools. And I agree with this mission, with my research, I'm always looking at how trends in the industry are affecting marketing and what, we as academics have to say about it and also how marketing can evolve with tech. And that is definitely consistent with the mission at Darden around um, practice-oriented research, relevant research, which is also rigorous. And it is great to see a business school that believes in this mission. And it is not an easy mission because It's not popular or in vogue among other business schools, but we do it because it's the right thing to do. And it's gratifying that when we do this, we are also uh, successful and are able to uh, reach
0: many students. One of the things that must be interesting to faculty, given this focus on practitioners and how things are actually working in in the business world, and trying to get get that feel and incorporating that into your research and what you're looking at is to teach students who are working while pursuing their degree and bring that real-time experience to, to the classroom. I, I know you've taught in the Executive MBA program for a number of years. We started this conversation by talking about an elective that you lead for Executive MBA students. What do you enjoy about teaching working professional students?
1: It's, 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 it's one of the great pleasures of my life. Uh, first of all, I respect the balancing act that working professionals do to maintain a full-time job, spend time with the family, as many of our students are married with kids and complete a full-time degree. In fact, in the exec MBA program, we've had physicians who are in the front line during the COVID pandemic and still finishing the MBA. I mean, that's that's superhuman at some level. And I find it rewarding to teach these professional students because they have a direct application of the class discussions to their work. And they also bring their experience at work in from the class discussions. This makes the experience all the more better for me and for everyone in the class. Right. If I'm teaching, there's this case we teach on elevators, right? On selling elevators. In marketing i just said like you know marketing case is more than 10 years old people complain this one is like maybe 30 plus years old but it's a classic we do have to have some of these because it's you know it teaches some fundamentals i bring this up because in the professional degree program there's always someone who's in real estate development or construction and imagine like teaching the sales process or the buying process for elevators It just becomes real when someone with that experience who's probably just going through this right now, and I have had every year somebody like that in the classroom, educating the rest of the class about how this process is in real detail. And you see a person who's there, who is going through this, that makes it real, concrete, good to understand. Instead of me theorizing and saying, hey, this is how it happens. So that's a real game changer for me. I think that is wonderful to see. And things like this happen in every class I teach, in every case study. You'll find students who are living the case, and that really makes it wonderful. And I'm also very thrilled whenever our professional students tell me they apply the tools, techniques, or concepts they learned in school at their work, and or they're interviewing somewhere and they're asking them questions about like you know customer lifetime value and say hey you told me that you know now i was able to talk about you know that's really gratifying for the faculty because that's our mission and that's what we strive for and it's a very fulfilling experience and so all of this to say that the classroom is focused on the now and the practical but we also learn about theories and fundamentals. And we you know we strategize about long term effects. We speculate about scenarios in different worlds. This is cool after all. Where else can do you have the liberty to think like that? Big thoughts. But we also focus on the now and the present. And that nice mix of practice and theory really makes the professional degree students uh, a real joy to work with.
0: Well before we transition the conversation to the the occasion for for this interview uh, your your new role as as co-academic director for the MSBA program I want to ask one more question along these lines and I've been I've had the opportunity over the past couple of years to talk to a fair number of Darden faculty on the podcast about you know the research interests, what they're looking at currently. And, and I'm, I'm curious, Raj, are there are there any things you're working on, anything that you, you would want to share here with our podcast listeners that have kind of caught your attention and then maybe you're working on a case about or an article about?
1: Oh, absolutely. So my uh, research now is primarily focused on AI and how that affects marketing. And it is I have a book that was released last year on AI in marketing, which provides a five-step roadmap for companies to develop an AI capability in their marketing function. And in terms of academic peer-reviewed journal articles, I am working on a research that looks at the effect of GDPR and CCPA privacy regulations on returns firm get firms get from AI investments, uh, especially in the marketing realm, because regulations talk about how you cannot use this data, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, or you have to declare it's. And a lot of uh, industry chatter and anecdotal uh, chatter is around, oh, this is costly, this is gonna increase the cost for companies. What we see is that it also has a benefit. And especially if you're investing AI and directing towards customer experience and cybersecurity, firms get a higher return in the presence of regulations. And that is the way I think about it is, if you think about, go back a little in the past and think about credit card usage, All of us use credit cards because we have Equifax and we have a way, Consumer Protection Bureau, and we have a way to redress fraud. And in countries where that is not that strong, credit card usage is lower. So if you take the same idea, you can see that if you have privacy regulations, it'll actually help the company because consumers have greater trust in interacting with the firms and feel protected. And so we, in this research, we say firms should embrace this idea and work with governments to have
0: regulations
1: because it's in in the long run gonna help them.
0: That's so interesting because we have this strain of, of thought and commentary at least in the United States, kind of pushes at regulation. It says regulation is going to slow down business. It's not good for business um, to have this kind of heavier, heavier hand here, a long arm of government. Yeah. You're, you're making a different argument. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I'm not saying total regulation either, but what I'm saying is, you know, like there is some value and we have to figure out this balance, which is what makes it tricky for regulations.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Raj, for for indulging all my questions about your research interests and and, and what you're working on right now. I, I do want to talk about um, this new role you're moving into as co-academic director uh, for the MSBA program. This program is a really unique program at the university. It's a partnership uh, between the McIntyre School of Commerce and the Darden School of Business. So there's an academic director from the McIntyre side. There's an academic director uh, from the Darden side, and and you will be the new academic director representing Darden as, as part of this partnership. So uh, I'm curious, what attracted you to this role?
1: Well, uh, uh, Brad, that's, uh, I'm really excited about this new role. Um, the MSBA, as you mentioned, is uh, really unique with the collaboration of the McIntyre School. And it's also the youngest of the Darden programs, and I would also say very innovative. Um, and that's what excites me about this new venture right and the few and the program is future focused it's about how business is changing it's addressing some of the changes we have been you know, just chatting about and it is really honing in into the center of this whole transformation of business to be more data driven and it's reacting to the digital transformation of businesses and tra- preparing students for this new world, which is really consistent with the beliefs that I hold and what I have been working on. And all of this really excites me with the innovative nature of this program, the collaboration with McIntyre, the focus on digital transformation, data analytics, And so I jumped at the opportunity to help steer the ship forward. And I think we have the wind behind our sails here. This has been a great program and the prior leadership have really put in some good things in the program and I look forward to uh, the next phase.
0: We've had a couple of prospective student recruitment events over the past couple of months. It's been great uh, to participate in these events. We had a current student panel Ah, uh, back in March, we had an alumni event just earlier this week, and it's there's a few things that come up when you listen to people talk about this program. Um, so, from the current student perspective, there's a real team orientation of collaboration that's baked into the program. As the students move through each each module, there's five modules, and there's a team project uh, that runs, um, you know, that that takes place during each each module, and so you're working a lot with your classmates and benefiting from from all that diversity, people who do different things than you have different backgrounds than you. And so there's this real participatory aspect to the learning experience as well. Well, Listening to the alumni, one of the things that I thought was so fascinating, you know, this is MS in business analytics, right? It's not just analytics, it's not just business, It's, it's the two things together. And so there were alumni who said, look, I didn't have as much background in kind of the analytic tools and how to kind of work with the data, and I came for that. And then there were other people who said I had a lot of you know, technical background, but I didn't understand the communication side or the business concepts and how to speak to business people um, about the work that I was doing. And and so the communication orientation, the interpersonal piece, but also there's a there's a technical piece. Like there's just, there's an aspect of this program that kind of sits between these two things that I think is is really cool um, when you hear people talk about it. And mm-hmm. and. And I I think that's probably one of the the big values for, for students. Absolutely.
1: And if you think about it in a company, you have to work with the business folks and the analytics folks. And leaders, in my role as my in marketing, the successful marketers are the ones I always say are, especially now, are the ones who are connectors and collaborators the ones who can work with analytics, the ones who can work with operations and finance. And so this really, this teamwork uh, is really important, not only for learning the concepts, but uh, to be successful in the modern business. And that's certainly a real hallmark of our program is that we have these application projects that are team oriented in each module for the students. And we have our classrooms are case discussion oriented. We can simulate the work environment, a conference room at a work within the class. And we have this uh, person who is a marketing person And a person who is an analytics person, learn from each other just as you would at work. And we simulate that environment each and every day in our classrooms. And then apply all of that knowledge in these application projects every term, which means you have five different application projects that you would have completed. And the final project is a capstone project, which is a a real-life, real-time project. So you're addressing a real business problem, working with the client to solve a real business problem using analytics. And what a great capstone to your year to really learn to, you know, you're practicing what you learned when you're in the program before graduation. So you're already ready when you graduate to uh, get the, uh, you know, you're ready to work and
0: um, be successful. One of the things I've had the benefit of talking to both full-time MBA as well as executive MBA students on our admissions podcast. And one of the things that's pretty consistent as they reflect upon their time at Darden. And I think this also applies to MSBA students and resonates with a lot of what you're saying here and and what I've heard from current students and alumni recently uh, as they reflect on, on the program is the ability to work with people from very different perspectives and understand, we're looking at the same information, but that person is coming from a different place and seeing something different in this case or approaching from a different different place than I am. And so as I'm, as I'm talking to them about how I'm looking at the problem, I'm being mindful of their approach. I'm, I'm thinking of the things that are important to them. And that is, there's a lot of growth that happens over the course of the program for people as communicators. And that might be one of the more underrated skills that people gain through these programs. But so essential uh, for where people are going in their careers.
1: Oh, absolutely. I I mean, that's a great point, Brett. Um, With analytics, in my experience, what I have seen in the industry is exactly what you said. You have to be able to communicate, distill the insights, and be able to affect change. And if you're, and that has been true throughout history. Now, I I, I tell this example about, um, you know, we have this tool regression that we do in business analytics. And there's a whole controversy about who invented that. And the person who's successful and has more name recognition and has been most uh, effective, is the one who created an algorithm to do this and written, wrote it down step-by-step on how to do it. So was able to communicate what it is, right? Mm -hmm. And so think about it. This has been like since like ever in human history that you need to have the ability to influence and persuade others. And that is true even today with all this technology, maybe even more important with the complexities of the situations that we face, that you need to be able to understand and connect with the others. And all of the teamwork and the emphasis that we have on leadership and communication and through different uh, courses like visualization, and even every term you're practicing presenting, because the module projects are not just you do it and submit a report, you have to present uh, to faculty and sometimes external clients. And you're graded on that and you're given feedback. And of course, you're trained to do that before you go and present. We're not just gonna throw you into the pulpit and say, go sink or swim. You have our faculty helping you develop this, but you get that feedback in a more safer environment and develop that, skill and muscle memory to be able to you know structure the problem understand the data do data engineering do data analysis extract insights communicate persuade and see what it implies for your business strategy so you go through that whole process of a marketing of an analytics project and you do that every module you do that every time. And by the time you have uh, sort of done it five times at a minimum as you go through this year. So that really gets you uh, trained to be a very effective business
0: analytics leader. Well, there's a couple of things that you shared here that I want to follow up on. You noted that this is a you know, sort of future focused or you know, looking, looking forward with where things are going. Obviously, the, there's so much conversation around big data and companies trying to wrestle with all the information uh, that they have. Um, the other thing um, that is also also true here is, I think for students, as they progress through these programs, they start to pick up momentum, right? They start to realize like how they're growing and, and, and changing. And particularly when you're, you're dealing with something that might be as intimidating, as like for many of our students, they don't necessarily have direct background with some of this stuff, but they're they're learning. And so what do you to share to prospective students, you know, who you're talking to, people looking at this program who may be really interested in this, but, you know, may not necessarily feel like oh, I haven't done this or that or the other thing. This comes up all the time with our MBA programs. And I'm curious to hear what you might say um, about the MSBA program.
1: Yeah, that's yes, that's a really important uh point you bring up here. And for us, I think in this one-year program, we are in it with you through the journey. As you said, some people are maybe more business-oriented and not analytics-oriented, and some are analytics and not business. And the way these classes are structured is that it helps each other and the teams You're learning from your peers and the faculty. And even like, so for example, the elephant in the room, you know, you need to know coding to do analytics. Well, I have uh, two thoughts on that. One is coding can be learned. It's like a language, it's like learning a new language. And we will help you through that process to learn this language. And through these different modules, we can start with the basics, but then add, and we're building um, like, you know, resources for you to pick up on the coding if you have not had coding in the background, and that will be personalized to you. But you learn the tools of the trade, like, you know, Power BI, Tableau, R, Python, etc etc SPSS, and so that you can be a self-starter at work Um, on the other hand this this brings to my second thought on this as i look in like in the industry what is happening is as software is getting more and more sophisticated the need for coding is actually decreasing. You are going to see a lot more uh, cloud-based analytics services provider, any cloud provider, like even now AWS, Google, or Microsoft have drop-down menu-driven analytics platforms where the need and the platform has code in the background, but you are primarily clicking like you would online in any website. Right? It's not as easy at buying as buying on Amazon, but I think it will eventually get there. But if you, so that is my second point is, yes, there's a lot of chatter about coding and we will give you the skills to do that. And we are confident that when you go through this program, you will be able to code and you won't like, you know, burn out doing that. There is a way to do it in a way that you can, in bite size you can get, take it that it'll help you and having the case discussions and the modules and the projects really help you learn it in a way that is more application oriented that makes it easier to manage and uh, is more effective also but at the same time if you look forward and it's already happening and it's the direction is that way that the emphasis is going to be on uh, insights intuition and judgment more than coding. And that is why our program is uh, valuable because we focus on both giving you the practical skills but also developing your judgment and intuition about business and having a more decision-oriented approach in our case discussions that you can develop that skill, which I think is going to be the more valuable resource in the years to come as our students graduate.
0: What you just shared about intuition and judgment makes makes a lot of sense. I think, again, maybe to the earlier points in the conversation about people have access to the data, you know, you can run all these tools and things, but at the end of the day, you've got to make a decision with it. And then you've got to socialize that decision and get people bought into how you're seeing things or, you know, continue to iterate on whatever that idea might be. But there's always a, that's where the human element really comes in, right? Um, so it's interesting to think about what you're sharing in this context of like machines and computers and humans. And what, are, what will the machines do? And how can they be helpful to the humans? But at the end of the day, what's the real human uh, yes. portion of that? Yes, yes,
1: absolutely. So if you, uh, you know, we all drive cars, we don't know how the car works. And over time, I think the analytics will get there. Of course, there are jobs that will be, there are people who make cars, And you will have people who are working on building these analytics platforms. And that's a fascinating industry to be in as well. But if you want to be in, if your passion is not there, but in some, in like, uh, you know, you want to work for Nestle or you want to work for Amazon in operations, then you don't need to know how the car is made. You need to know to run it and drive it. And that's basically, uh, so, so that's what I'm telling here is like, you need the judgment. But what is needed across the board is getting the insights and knowing what the insights mean, right? Like, I, uh, you know, people think of data as something that is just like, you know, just happens to be there. But data is generated by humans interacting with brands or interacting with each other in people analytics or humans moving packets up and down a supply chain. So that data has humans behind it and understanding. So if you're a data scientist or a business analyst, you really need to understand what humans and motivations generated that data when you're analyzing that's what you're doing with your data analysis so you cannot separate the humans and the judgment from the data analysis and that's why it is business analytics is because you are now able to connect the two and come up with insights and um, ideas that you don't get if you don't look at the data right Like, for example, if you're looking at like, um, you know, there's the Moneyball example always, right? But like even in like sports analytics, there's a lot of stuff that is like, you know, in common wisdom that has been proven wrong, right? So like in baseball, the famous Moneyball movie, I wouldn't go into details there, but I'll give you one example in basketball, right? The free throws you throw with your hands up, right above the head, that's the worst form to do free throws. You're most effective if you're if you're doing underarm free throws, but we never do that. Right? Shaq would be a much better like creating all sorts of records if he just threw underarm, but. we all know that can't happen but so there is that too right so there is a lot of like uh in every sport you have these things that we always do that have been proven to be not true and not the optimal strategy and come like uh, people who have learned that and who have uh, seen this insight and and can leverage that insight that others don't have Tend to get a lot of benefits. And that's what we're trying to do in the business sense is to question our commonly held assumptions using data. And some might hold true, some may not. And when it doesn't, you have an opportunity for business growth and innovation. Well,
0: Raj, one last question for you here. Uh, and then we've got some prospective students um, who are perhaps listening to this conversation, interested in the MSBA program and thinking about potential next steps and, and what advice would you share with someone who's looking at the MSBA program and, and kind of thinking about, all right, maybe, maybe I'm going to apply now. What, what, what would you share? So the
1: advice I would share is that um, this is doable. Uh, This is something which is definitely going to give you the skills to be successful in the future. And uh, it's an exciting program. It's a great application uh, of uh, business and analytics. So the program is hybrid. So it's online plus face-to-face. So it allows students to learn while they're working, but also provides a great networking opportunity, which is possible only if it's face-to-face. Right, and uh, you have access to the Darden McIntyre UVA networks, so that's a really broad network. And we've seen that on average, there's a 19% increase in salary for our graduates after they join. So that's the bottom line. Let's just understand that that is there. But I think what I would share is planning is important because this is something you're a professional student, you're all still working and also doing this full-time. So I understand it's like, you know, it's tough. And to be successful, students have done this in the past and have been successful. And they have been successful when they have planned their life out for a year ahead. But you kind of have to do that to be able to do this. And that's what I would say as the number one thing to keep in mind before starting this program. Take time to talk to your boss at work, co-workers, to your family members, and you need the support of all of them to go through this.
0: Well, so much of what you just shared resonates with a lot of what we talk about on the Exec MBA podcast with our Executive MBA students and engaging all of those stakeholders in your life, talking with them before you start the program. As you were going through the program, uh, for MSBA students, it's pretty similar for executive MBA students as well. Kind of manage your time through the the modules, right? So every module, new challenge, um, you're working on something new, your life, work, those things won't remain static. You'll continue to have other things competing uh, for your time and shifting around. And so checking in with yourself, checking in with the other people in your life as, as you're negotiating all of this. Um, it's, it's really, really great advice and recognizing that, like, there's no perfect way to do this. Everybody is, you know, finding their way through. Some weeks are going to be pretty tough, some weeks are, will be a little bit easier, but you are not alone to your earlier point. There's so much support uh, from the faculty, from the staff, and of course, from your classmates. So, Raj, I, I really appreciate your taking the time. Congratulations on, on the new role. So excited to have you as the new academic director here from the Darden side for the MSBA program. So enjoyed hearing about, about your research and, and hearing your perspectives on, on this program. Such a treat catching up with you this morning.
1: Thank you, Brett. Nice talking with you. And I'm looking forward to uh, meeting our prospective students in the MSBA program. Um, thank you for having me.
0: And that was my interview with Raj Venkatesan a member of the marketing faculty here at the Darden School of Business and a new co-academic director for the one-year MS in Business Analytics program at UVA. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at Virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.